Your teen requested a ride, but this time, not from you. It's through their Uber Teen account. You probably drive your teenager around a lot. They have gymnastics club, science club, rec soccer club, school soccer club, club soccer club, and three-hour clarinet club on Saturday night. Perfect. Now, with an Uber Teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your teen to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver. And with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this beautiful Friday morning by Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Brown. Fellas... We are talking about some key questions breaking down the entire week four slate. And as always, it is a jam-packed show. So as always, we will jump right in. But before we do, Debra, you will appreciate this. Our producer, John, sent me this in the morning. There was a poll on the Spotify episode <laughs> yesterday about whether or not Shrek is overrated. <sighs> For those who missed it. I stand firmly on the stance that it is. You're wrong. Space Jam is bad. Shrek is overrated. You're so, God, overrated. you're so wrong about these takes. <laughs> uh, and we asked, and we got several, you know, hundred votes. Seventy-seven mm-hmm. percent said no, it is not overrated. So Thank I you. have been Thank proven you. wrong. Thank you, world. By the masses. Thank you. Thank you, subscribers. <laughs> Thank you, world. I love this. Uh, I love this so much. I, this made I my Friday. Not- Thank you, worm. I am not changing my opinion uh, just because no, of the votes, no, I but uh, don't I don't think get you it. should. I mean, you're already you're, you're you're firmly entrenched. You've dug your heels in um, with the wrong opinion, so now you just got to ride it out, Worm. You just got to ride we, it we, out, baby. We we do have another poll up there, so anybody uh, who wants to go in and vote that's not related to movies is Brees Hall a top twenty four running back for the rest of the season? Currently, uh, it's very close. Actually, fifty two percent say yes, forty eight percent. Say no. So that one is close. Go vote in that. If you want Fitz, you were not on yesterday's show. Very quickly, do you have an opinion on Shrek and or the original Space Jam? <laughs> Please, Fitz. You know, original Space Jam, you know, a classic, of course. Thank you. But Shrek, my, my kids were not super into Shrek for, for whatever reason. So we did not, like, I did not have to go through multiple viewings of Shrek. I think I've seen one of the Shrek movies. So uh, no opinion, really. But I know beloved character. Yeah, uh, Smash Bros. is not. great, so. but the movie is okay. Space Jam is also not a classic. It's super overrated. Matchup previews. Okay, we will jump right in. We actually have a London game this week. Falcons at Jaguars. That'll be the first game we talk about. So remember, everybody, to get up early if you want to you know, set your lineups. Last year, we had the incidents where uh, Alvin Kamara was ruled out sun- early Sunday morning, and a lot of people left him in their lineup. So use autopilot if you want to try and make sure that doesn't happen to you. Fantasy Pros, it's one of our great tools where we will actually swap out inactive players for you automatically. So you might want to consider that for these London games at the very least. But like I said, Falcons at Jaguars. Key question here, can the Jags bounce back after two straight disappointed games? Awesome in week one. They have disappointed in weeks two and three. Debra, I'll start with you. Can Jacksonville bounce back here in London? Oh, I think they can, and I think they absolutely will. And really, the, the attack plan for the Jaguars, it's really simple. Run the ball and pick on every cornerback not named A.J. Terrell. And they should walk away with a really good game in this one. Like I, I'm going to have Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to try to have him above consensus ranked. But you look at this, and the Falcons' run defense is definitely exploitable. 
They have the 12th highest explosive run rate. They've been giving up all kinds of production to zone runs, and that's 51% of ETN's rushing uh, carry total. And then as well, like I said, stay away from AJ Terrell and you're good, baby. Like Calvin Ridley is going to run 58% of his routes, and I'll put this in the primer, against Trey Flowers and D. Alford. Both those guys have not been playing good. Like Trey Flowers, 146 passer rating in his coverage. D. Alford, 139. So sign me up for great days out of the Jaguars offense, and specifically Trevor Lawrence, ETN, Ridley, Christian Kirk. I'm going to have all of them ranked, or at least try to have them pushed above consensus this week. But, but Debro, didn't we say this last week going up against the Texans? Oh, this is a good matchup. They should smash, mm-hmm. and then they didn't. This, that's exactly what happened. But the other part about that is Calvin really got banged up in that game. He had a few crucial drops, and we saw that the past two weeks. Um, I want to say he dropped at least one touchdown in Kansas City. And for everybody that's going to get on Calvin Ridley, and I wrote it up in the primer, like, look, look, drops don't matter, baby. Like, that, that, that is things that happen. It's in the game that, that they play. It's going to happen. But I'm not worried about Calvin Ridley long term, and I don't think anybody else should be. Fitz, what do you make of the Jags this week? Yeah, I mean, I like their chances. I I think they'll move the ball, and they kind of have been moving the ball. They just haven't been really cashing in with touchdowns. Uh, They got to get better on defense if they want to win. They've given up 6.2 yards per play the last two weeks. Their their special teams are currently ranked 30th in DVOA, so it's not really the offense's fault that they haven't been winning. But, um, yeah, they just haven't been scoring enough touchdowns i guess so um uh, but i agree with d bro the matchups look pretty good this week and we're just quickly on the other side we're not worried about Bijan after one bad game just no. to in case anybody is wondering which Warm, they didn't probably we talk aren't. about this like the detroit lions I, I talked about this in the previous episodes people can go pull this up pull the receipts i told you to sit tyler algier in previous weeks and people should be talking about the detroit lions run defense and now they're starting to wake up and get it man like after the packers game they understand that the Detroit Lions are an elite run defense. So, I'm, no, I'm not worried about Bijan. He's going to bounce back. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and that's with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Let's go to game number two. I think pretty easily the game of the week, and it's Dolphins at Bills. So the obvious storyline here is after scoring 70 points last week, 
what will the Dolphins encore look like in Buffalo, Fitz? Oh, man. Um, I wish we had this as a standalone game, oh, yeah. by the way. Ooh. This would have been much better than watching my Packers get destroyed <laughs> uh, last night. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the interesting angle is what we're going to see that backfield look like after the uh, Devon A. Chain breakout in week uh, three. So, I don't know. Mostert outsnapped a chain 37 to 30 last week. I'm I'm guessing we see something vaguely similar this week, but I don't know. Maybe it could be more 50-50. Maybe it's more Mostert being the lead guy and a chain in a supporting role. Maybe Salvan Ahmed is back from a groin injury this week, and that shifts things a little bit. But I do think you're probably still playing a chain in most cases. Uh, I know I will be in a few leagues. And, uh, you know, Mostert is a, a must start at this point. But I can't wait for this matchup. Yeah, what a game. Yeah, Fitz, we, we, I asked uh, both Debro and Erickson this yesterday, so I want to ask you now today. Raheem Mostert is ranked uh, 15, or no, 16 now spots higher in the expert consensus rankings than Achan. Is that too wide of a gap considering, like, Achan got more carries last week and obviously had 200 yards now, Raheem Mostert was also awesome, but to me, that gap seems a little too wide, right? And this is in half PPR rankings, by the way. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we have to wait for this to normalize. They just ran so many plays last week, and maybe that was the reason we got such a big dose of, of A-Chain. Or, and now I have to call him yeah, A-Chain. Yeah, I keep trying to correct I, myself, God. yeah. A-Chain is just such a, a cool name. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he wants to be something else. Um, but yeah, I I don't know how this is going to work out yet. It's, it's possible that a Chan doesn't get more than like 10 or 12 touches. Like maybe Mostert is the lead guy. And just because of the way things went with, uh, you know, the, the Dolphins just completely steamrolling the Broncos last week, maybe that's why the snap count was so high. Yeah. For of, of, of course, 10 or 12 touches could mean like 160 yards in this offense. And with <laughs> true, his speed, true. Uh, Devra, what, what are you expecting out of the Dolphins here in the game of the week? I think it's going to be a lot of deep passing and a lot of Devon Achan. Like, um, looking at Achan's matchup in this game, it's beautiful. And the way that they're deploying him in their run game scheme, and I highlighted this in the primer, I think he's going to outcarry Raheem Mostert. And this week, because if you look at how they stack up against the Buffalo run defense, Buffalo has been extremely good. They're they're limiting zone runs, which has been Raheem Mostert's bread and butter. And we know this going back all the way to the San Francisco days. They're limiting those to the 14th lowest yards per carry. But if you flip the script and you look at what Buffalo has done versus gap runs, which is 52.6% of A-Chan's rushing volume, they're allowing the highest yards per carry to gap runs in the NFL, 7.0 yards per carry, uh, courtesy of Fantasy Points Data. That is ridiculous. So you're telling me you're going to get A-Chan downhill quickly and just let him tear up this defense. I'm here for it. And I've got A-Chan, just for everybody out there, I have A-Chan ranked above Raheem Mostert. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is this week, and, I, and I'm with you. We talked about this on the previous show. Like, that gap should not be bit, as wide as it is, and I have them flipped in my ranks. But I, again, I think it's going to be deep passing, because Buffalo has struggled against that over the last two years, and a lot of Devon A-Chan. Fitz, I'm not going to ask this for every game, but just because this is, I think, very clearly the game you know, of the week, I want to get your quick betting opinion. The line's three, maybe two and a half, depending on what book you're looking at. Who do you, who do you think wins this game? I think it's going to be really close. I'm, I'm betting the Dolphins, and I got, I got three points with the Dolphins. I like that. I do think they're the equal of the Bills, mm -hmm. at least the equal of the Bills. I mean, probably maybe the more explosive offense, but um, like I— 
I didn't think this game should have been a, a field goal. It feels no. more like a, a one and a half, two point yep. game. Yeah. This game so. should be a pick 'em. I agree. Yeah. Close. Yeah. This this is the perfect opportunity to talk about this year's fantasy over under challenge, which is presented by betting pros. Each week, the guys will be making over under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score. Submit your picks to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes. That's fantasypros.com slash challenge. And one of this week's players is Devon Achan. So I had to include him here coming off of his historic week three, obviously. His line is only set at 10 fantasy points. So I want to ask if he's going to go over or under. And we already know Debro's taking over. So Fitz, I will start with you. Are you also going to go over on Achan? I'll go over too. Good. You know, he can get that in a couple of plays. You can't you can't make me the Achan stand where that's your dude. Okay, the, Pat? Like I, I can't True. take that moniker. True. That's your boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, that line seems too low just coming off of what we saw. I I know the Bills are a bit better of a defense than the Broncos, but but still. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a little mustard on top of that. I think he can hit the over without even scoring a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think you're right. That, that explosiveness is in that offense. Is, I mean, Pitt, Fitz talked about I mean, it get all him, summer. Get him it's, over 100 total yards, and he's going to hit the over. Like, it's, it's, and that can happen. The phrase Pat kept using was hand in glove fit, and it's exactly mm-hmm. right. That It was just so fun to see it come to fruition. Um, I already mentioned autopilot, but just want to remind everybody, take the stress out of lineup management with My Playbook's autopilot tool at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook. Enjoy automated optimal lineup adjustments, giving you both peace of mind and the best shot at victory each week. And again, it is especially helpful for these London games. Do not get caught sleeping in and missing out on fantasy points. Let's go to game number three here. Vikings at Panthers. A little less exciting than uh, Dolphins Bills is this week. My key question here, and I'll start with you, Deep Bro. Deep Bro, how close is Jordan Addison to getting to must start status? He's still got a few more steps to take, and this is not steps for him. These are steps for the Minnesota Vikings. The fact that they are still running out KJ Osborne over Jordan Addison as far as playing time. It is is egregious. So this is not an Addison thing. This is a Minnesota Vikings thing. Like, we get it. Okay, you know, we all remember the B.C. Johnson versus Justin Jefferson. That was cute. And you're doing the same thing with Jordan Addison. Can we just stop? Can we just, the, the, the joke's not funny. It's like one of those jokes, like your uncle keeps telling it around Thanksgiving and everybody's like, okay, God, we've heard this like five times. Like, we get it. It's not funny. Just move on. If that happens and Jordan Addison becomes an 80 to 90% drop back guy and he's still not, then yes, he will get to must start status because then the talent will be on the field and the Vikings will have understood that he should be the number two in this offense, not TJ Hawkinson, and he should be starting over KJ Osborne. So no, he has not reached that status yet, but if the Vikings can get out of their own way, he can. They did get out of their own way with Jefferson, even though it took a few weeks. We're right in that time yeah. frame where they did it for him, you know, a few years ago. Uh, Fitz, what do you think? Debro summed it up pretty well. The Vikings should be playing Addison in two receiver sets, but until they do, it's going to be a little risky. So last week he played a season high 71% of the offensive snaps. That still means he is not on the field for 20 to 25 offensive snaps a game. So that's uh, that makes him a little bit risky. And right now, Addison is getting by on super high efficiency, 9.7 yards per target. It's had touchdowns on two of his 13 catches, but the floor is not as stable as it should be when his snap counts are lower than they should be. 
Let's move to the other uh, battle of winless teams here, Broncos at Bears. I called this earlier in the week when I saw that this was going to be one of the matchups. Last Sunday, I called it the easily stoppable force against the super movable object. Uh, (laughs) This is is just a hideous game. It has Thursday night football feel written all over it. Uh, My question here is... I mean, going up against a defense that just gave up 70 points, this has to be the bounce back week for Justin Fields, right, Fitz? Yeah, it should be. And you won't have to wait too long for a Thursday night game with the Bears, Worm. Oh. You get that next week. Oh, so, I know. Uh, <laughs> you'll get to enjoy that. Bears Commanders. Oh, How's that for gosh. some uh, Thursday night action? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what hurts right now with Fields is that he is only on pace for 600 rushing yards after running for 1,100 yards last year. So one of the issues is that there is just not enough of a vertical dimension to the Bears passing game right now. Fields is averaging 6.9 intended air yards per throw. Last year was 9.1 yards. Man, does Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze love calling screen passes. And unfortunately, like there's so many times that the defensive linemen know it's coming and like they they start to rush and peel back like they know the screen is coming. I mean, I'm guessing the Bears would probably run as like twice as many screens as, as the next closest team. Um, and it's not like Fields can't throw downfield effectively. We saw it at Ohio State. So like I, I do think he's going to bounce back eventually. But uh, man, this this offense and the the design, the play calling, it it doesn't inspire confidence. Yeah, it has been really like unfun to watch. Debro, you uh, unless you've updated this, are ranking Justin Fields QB seventeen this week, even up against what should be an incredibly easy matchup. So you're not you're not thinking this is the bounce back week for him, Debro. So no, I, I want to update my ranks. I had him buried. I, I wanted to get through all the way through the primer to kind of see where I stood. I'm actually going to bump Justin Fields up. Um, I'm going to kick him up to QB 10 this week. I do think that this is the bounce back. Um, and let me be clear about this. I think this is the bounce back in spite of Luke Getzey. I, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't know how you can call a worse offense than what he's doing in Chicago. Um, it's not even just the fact that he loves screens, which is absolutely on point fits. It's the fact that he loves calling the same play over and over and over again and thinking what the defense doesn't know it's coming. They do. They really do. It's, it's just, it's blasphemous, man. So I think that fields can have a good game in this, uh, in this matchup. And the total is te- like Vegas is telling us that like the total is at 46. I think this is actually one of the ugly, like people look at this game and say, it's going to be ugly, ugly. I think this is the sneaky shootout of the week. Both of these defenses cannot stop anybody. Both these quarterbacks uh, can get it done. Russell Wilson is playing really good football right now. And I think that if the bears are pushed, which I think the Broncos will do that, then I think fields is going to have to run. And I think we're going to see a good week out of DJ Moore as well. Debra, we don't have time for a deep dive, but I know that you have been really excited about what we've seen out of Russell Wilson. So give me like mm-hmm. 20, 30 seconds tops on Russell Wilson being good again. I mean, he's top 10 in almost every metric that you look at. He's running again. Sean Payton is calling a good offense outside of the fact that he does not want to use Marvin Mims, but more Marvin Mims is going to be a good thing for Russell Wilson. And all we got to do is just see him just get out of his own way, just operate the system. And Russ is going to have a really good bounce back campaign that he's already started. He only ran in one game, though, Debro. 56 yards against 
Washington, really nothing. I think else we're going to see that this week. That, that's what I worry about, and that was like kind of his spike game. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like he's had two okay games, so I, I still think he's like a matchup play. Fellas, I am headed home next weekend to attend the Orioles hosting the ALDS games one and two. I'm actually headed home for a wedding. But while I'm there, I'm going to be going to one of these games at least to see my Orioles in the postseason. I'm super excited. They clinched the AL East last night. It was an awesome night of celebrating. And the best way to get tickets to that game or any game is on Game Time, the official ticketing partner of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football for last-minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football team or baseball team this September, October, all season long. Download Game Time, and as you've heard us say before, it's not just for football and not just for sports. They've got tickets to concerts and comedy shows across the country. So download the Game Time app and redeem code Fantasy Pros for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game time app and enter code fantasy pros all one word for twenty dollars off no matter where you live get out and have some fun this week download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed guys let's go to a game that might also be ugly but not because it's two bad teams ravens at browns i think this is going to be a real defensive struggle i'm not exactly going out on a limb there cleveland's defense looks historically good I think the Ravens defense has played incredibly well considering the injuries they've had. They might be getting Marcus Williams back this week, which is going to help. Sean Watson's been up and down. So I think this is going to be a really tough game to see scoring. My question goes along with that. Can either team even get to 20 points in this game? And really, what's the case for starting any players in this matchup considering the defenses they're going against Fitz? Yeah, I mean, this does set up like a classic AFC North rock fight. The Vegas total is 40.5 points, and I think the under looks pretty good here. Um, the Browns, number one in defensive DVOA. The Ravens, number five. Browns are averaging a league-low 3.2 yards allowed per play. 3.2, that is historically good, as you were saying. Uh, we're in the next best team in that category, giving up 4.1 yards per play, the Ravens. So, um It's a good question. Why should we start anyone in this game? Well, I'm willing to start Lamar Jackson because he's, you know, maybe the best running quarterback of all time. Uh, Willing to play Mark Andrews because of the the history and because tight end is an absolute dumpster fire of a position. And uh, I guess I'm willing to play Zay Flowers uh, just for the target volume. Ten targets in two of his three games so far. But other than that, boy, I really don't want to play any of the running backs. And uh, maybe Amari Cooper just because he's pretty good at football, but uh, that's about it. Those those four guys, and otherwise, avoid, avoid, avoid. You, you called it a rock fight. Uh, I will be shocked if we don't hear the term slobber knocker on the broadcast at oh, least geez. once in this one. <laughs> Debra, that's a good word. Debra, what do you think? It is a good word. Oh, I think this is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Like, give me the the under on the total, um, and I'll pare down the, the options even further Lamar Jackson yeah if you got him you're probably starting him just because the rushing equity if you have Mark Andrews you're starting him although you need to seriously temper your expectations like Cleveland allowing the fewest receiving yards and zero touchdowns per game to tight ends they had they have been shutting every position down I mean I'll I'll sit Amari Cooper I, I get the target volume but I'd rather play matchup guys over him this week um so I think this game is going to be gross. It's going to be disgusting. Um, yeah, it's it's really going to be one of those games where you're better off just checking the score and the highlights on like the uh, on an app over watching it because you're going to just turn it off in two seconds. Yeah, the uh, the Ravens look like they are going to get two offensive linemen back, which should help. But I mean, like 
honest, maybe people stop saying that I only pick players based on being a Ravens homer. I, I might sit Lamar in this game, honestly. Like, I am not feeling good about really anybody going up against this defense. And I just think it's going to be, I think it's gonna be a slog. And I've, I, I've I consider pushing Lamar outside of my top 12 quarterbacks for like, the week. Like, like if uh, I, I know dra- that sounds crazy, Ooh. but I mean, if I was I mean, worried I, about his injuries on draft day and I drafted like a Kirk cousins as like a, a high end backup or somebody like that, I'm easily starting him over Lamar. Or if I took the swing on Anthony Richardson for a high upside pick, I'm probably starting him over Lamar. I mean, like there's, two- there's a lot of guys I would consider for that. Two guys that I that I I have right now in my ranks over Lamar Jackson is Matthew Stafford and Daniel Jones. And I don't think that the process is wrong with that. Like looking at names and stuff, yeah, like quarterbacks have bad weeks. It, like I get that like he should be a, a top twelve quarterback on the rushing, but Yeah. The, the match is terrible. I'm not worried about good defenses. I'm worried about historic defenses. And that's what I think yeah. Cleveland is shaping up to be and, and have Agreed. been to date. Um, our multi-league assistant makes juggling multiple leagues easier than ever. Head to fantasypros.com slash my playbook to get expert advice for all your teams in one spot. So you can dominate every league every week, guys, let's go to game number six here. Steelers at Texans. I actually might've said I'd start CJ Stroud over Lamar if he wasn't going up against the Steelers. Cause I'm really worried about the passing game holding up against this pass rush, given the state of the offensive line. And that is my question for you guys. Can C.J. Stroud and the Texans passing game hold up against T.J. Watt and company? Debra, I'll start with you. Uh, I love Stroud, but this is not going to be a game where you want to play him. Um, Even if Tunsil plays, uh, I mean, going against this Pittsburgh pass rush is just impossible, man. Like, they're 13th in blitz rate, third in pressure rate. Stroud has been pressured at the seventh highest rate in the NFL. So I love CJ Stroud. I think he's playing fantastically. And can he pull out this, like, do they win this game? I'm not going to fully count him out, but the deck is highly stacked against him. So if you got him, you're not playing him this week. Yeah, Fitz. I I mean, I I assume you agree here. We love CJ Stroud. We love what we've seen, but not this week. Correct. Uh, 13 sacks for the Steelers, 30.3% pressure rate. And I mean, just such a bad hand Delta Stroud with this offensive line. Three starters on IR with Titus Howard, uh, Kenyon Green, and Juice Scruggs. And then uh, Laramie Tunsil, the the best offensive lineman they have, isn't going to play this week. So um, trying to take on that pass rush with a depleted offensive line, not good. And I think it pulls down to guys we'd you know, normally be excited about, Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Like, I've got those guys ranked as, as um, low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four types, and I almost wonder if that isn't too high for those guys. Like, I'd, I'd probably be looking for reasons not to play Collins or Tank Dell this week. Yeah, quickly, Debra, where do you have those two receivers ranked? I've got them both ranked in wide receiver three territory. I think just because of the, uh, the target volume, but it is, it's a definite conversation. I mean, in the, in the range that we have him, do you play somebody like Jacoby Myers over tank Dell or Nico Collins? Do you play DJ Moore over these guys, Cortland Sutton? Like that's the range where I think they should belong. And I can't tell you it's wrong to to play those other guys are in better matchups or their quarterbacks are going to have more time in the pocket over these two wide receivers, although I still love them. I mean, we, we have to bury the matchup with all how we're going to rank these guys. Let's go to Rams at Colts here. And my question is, are we starting Anthony Richardson with confidence in his likely return from the concussion protocol? Fitz, what do you think? 
Oh, without a doubt. Um, I put up a stat on Twitter yesterday, really just meant to be a fun stat, not anything uh, to to illustrate a point or anything. But of course, you know, some people uh, called it stupid and that's Twitter for you. But um, (laughs) that's Twitter for you. Fantasy points per snap so far this season. Uh, Anthony Richardson, 0.47. He is averaging almost half a fantasy point every time Jeez. the Colts run an offensive play. And, and granted, it's 87 snaps. It's a, a you know teardrop-sized sample. But compare that with the three highest-drafted quarterbacks in fantasy football. Uh, so 0.47 for Richardson. Mahomes is at 0.36. Josh Allen at 0.29. And Jalen Hurts at 0.27. So wow. I don't know if Richardson is going to keep scoring fantasy points at this high a clip. Like, you know, he's probably not going to have 20 rushing touchdowns. But I think he's already established himself as a weekly must-start. Debro, do you agree? And, and really, the only reason I asked the question is not about his ability to score points, but the fact that he's yet to complete an NFL game. I mean, I I absolutely agree. I think as long as he could possibly stay healthy, and I think this just comes down to you know bad luck, concussion, and him needing to either go out go out of bounds or slide whenever he's running. Once he gets that, like we're we're gonna be fine here, people. Like top ten, top twelve quarterback weekly. The matchup and. I did not think we'd be at week four and I would be telling people matchups pretty bad. Like this Rams defense, this pass defense has been playing way above their head. And this is not me to say like they can't continue that, but their cornerbacks like Witherspoon and Kendrick are playing out of their minds. This zone heavy scheme, like it has been really, really good um, so far like that. When you pull up the metrics, like seeing where the Rams are as a pass defense is very, very surprising. I mean, seventh lowest yards per attempt, sixth lowest pass rating allowed. Those numbers drop off the page. But this is all to say, am I starting Anthony Richardson if, if I got him? You better believe it, man. The rushing equity alone is going to put him up there. And if there's any game outside of the Broncos and the Bears this week, this is the sneaky shootout game of the week. The Rams versus the Colts. This is what I'm calling it because the pace of play in this game is going to be ridiculous. Both these teams are top five, top 10 in pace right now. So I'm going to bet the over on the total. I think I already actually bet it. And I think this is going to be the shootout of the week. Let's go to another over under challenge here with Puka Nakua. His line is all the way up at 13 and a half fantasy points. He had a down week, I guess, you know, compared to weeks one and two in week three, but was still, you know, semi-productive. Will he go over or under 13 and a half fantasy points against the Colts, D-Bro? Drinking the juice, baby. Open up the gallon, (laughs) guzzle it down. We're going all puka all day, all the time. And this comes down to the way that this offense runs and going against Indy's zone coverage. Puka Nakua is one of only four wide receivers in the NFL right now that has over a 40% first read target share against zone coverage. Puka Nakua is going to crush this line. Fitz, 13 and a half fantasy points over or under. Are you drink, drinking oh, the juice? I, I'm drinking the juice. I, I dare not underestimate Puka Nakua on a show with Derek Brown. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the over and like the Colts cornerbacks aren't, aren't good like it's not a good group so um yeah i think puka is gonna smash this week 
Debro, of course, handles the primer every single week. You can check that out. It always drops on Thursday mornings. But I wanted to mention that also with our My Primer tool, you can get a personalized view of the primer tailor-made for your specific fantasy team. All you have to do is head to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and quickly sync your team for our in-depth advice. And Debro does dive deep on this but all specific to your players on your team. It's really an awesome tool. makes it very convenient to uh, help you decide things on Sunday mornings. Let's go to game number eight here, guys. Bucks at Saints. My question here is how does the QB change, which I don't know if it's actually official yet, but it's pretty likely it's going to be Jameis Winston this week, uh, given the injury to Derek Carr. How does that QB change, plus the return from suspension for Alvin Kamara, change our expectations for this Saints offense, Debro? I mean, uh, we kind of talked about this earlier in the week, but um, I think it's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara. I'm going to have him ranked aggressively. I think he's going to have a really, really good game because what we're going to see out of this offense is, we, and we've already seen it before, the New Orleans Saints with Jameis Winston under center, they turtle. They just they, they go slow. They run the ball. They're going to lean on the defense. They do not want to put the ball in the hands of Jameis Winston to win a ball game. And we saw this in 2021 when Winston was a starter. Ninth slowest neutral pace, third highest neutral rushing rate. And the matchup for Camaro on the ground is fantastic this week. You're, you're talking about a Bucks defense that's giving up the 14th highest explosive run rate and the 10th lowest stuff rate. So I think we're going to see a very run heavy uh, approach here. Maybe Winston takes a few shots downfield because the Bucks have not been good versus deep passing, but a lot of Camaro and I think he's a locked in RB1 this week. So that's interesting because, Pat, I've been kind of uh, fading Kamara a bit this week just with the idea that Jameis Winston doesn't ever really check down to him and so much of his values in the receiving game. So he might get a lot of work on the ground, but maybe not as much through the air. What do you think of the offense given both these guys kind of entering the fray? Yeah, Worm, I kind of see it your way on Kamara. Sorry, D-Bro. I mean, I just okay. I do worry that Jameis is not going to probably pepper uh, Kamara with targets. Like, this is not a, a Drew Brees-type setup for Alvin Kamara, unfortunately. And I wonder if they're really going to pound him 20 times on the ground in his first game back. You know, like if there are maybe conditioning issues and, and they try to keep him more in the 12 to 15 carry range. So, um yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't feel great about starting Jameis in a super flex league because you never know. Like, yes, he will make some aggressive downfield throws, but he might also throw three or four interceptions. I mean, this is a guy who in his last full season as a starter threw 30 interceptions. So, um, you know, I guess that makes you feel decent enough if you're starting Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, or even Rashid Shahid. Although, as Debro said, that run rate has been high with the Saints. Uh, they're not going to just let Jameis go out and let it rip the way they did in Tampa when he was there. Let's go to an NFC East battle. A lot of divisional matchups this week. Commanders at the Eagles. My question is, is Terry McLaurin startable? And following up on that, is Jahan Dotson even rosterable right now? They have not been playing up to the expectations we had in draft season. Fitz, I'll start with you here. I'd want to start Terry McLaurin if I don't have to. I have him ranked wide receiver 37 this week. The Eagles are just a bad matchup for passing games. Last year, they gave up about 180 passing yards per game. Um, they're giving up more than that this year, but that was kind of skewed by the Kirk Cousins uh, performance against them in week two when the Vikings were behind all game, throwing the catch up um, and, and couldn't run the ball. Sam Howell was just an utter train wreck last week against a good Bills pass defense, and 
I worry that Sam Hall might not be that good. He's basically played one strong half this year, second half comeback against the Broncos in week two. Um, yeah, we know the Eagles can dial up pressure and they can bring it. They've got pass rushers all over that front seven. And so, um, yeah, I don't want to start McLaurin. As for Dotson, he is rosterable. The talent is real. But until we see more from the Washington passing game, Dotson is just a matchup play and, and you have to wait for better matchups. Deeper, what do you think about both these guys? Yeah, I'm with Pat on this one. We're hand-holding. I've got Terry McLaurin as my wide receiver 36 this week. And honestly, I keep staring at that rank and think maybe it's being a little bit too generous, to be honest, Um, just because the matchup is bad. And unfortunately, I'm going to sit here and say that John Dotson is is not roster-worthy. The way that Sam Howell is playing, the target volume that Jahan Dotson is getting, I mean, 16.2% target share. Yes, that's equal with Terry McLaurin. But, I mean, both these guys are not players you want to start right now. And you can't even roster Jahan Dotson because, yeah, he's got the target share, but he's got 0.7 yards per route run. Sam Howell is not playing good football. And this was my concern walking into the season. It was, can Sam Howell support one or even two pass catchers in the upcoming year? And what is their neutral passing rate going to look like? And so I honestly, I kind of wonder is Washington because Riverboat Ron, we, I think he's coaching for his job. I think they're going to have to make a playoff run for him to keep his job with a new uh, ownership coming in. Um, I kind of wonder, are we going to see a change to Jacoby Brissett soon? There is yet another game in the early afternoon slate. For the second straight week, they have put nine games in the early afternoon Sunday slate, despite the fact that we have a London game and still only three in the late afternoon. That will never not anger me. Uh, But the last game here in the early afternoon slate is Bengals at Titans. Debro, I will start with you. Just how back is the Bengals offense after their Monday night win? Not really. Like, the the problem with how Cincinnati is having to run their offense right now is that the matchups that they're presented with are not really great for how they're having to do things with Joe Burrow getting the ball out like this week's matchup versus Tennessee. Yes. The Tennessee secondary is really bad, but what they are actually good at is tackling. So with Cincinnati's passing attack, it's going to be get the ball out of his hands and depend on Yak, which is a lot of Burrow to Chase. We see that every single time that they need Yak, that's who they go to. So I think Chase gets fed in this game, but they're not going to look like they're back this week. Like an elite run defense, a secondary that can tackle really, really good and is top 10 in the least amount of Yak allowed in the NFL. So can you burn Tennessee's secondary? Yes, you can. But with deep balls, not with Yak. So I think Cincinnati pulls out a win, but I think it's going to be ugly. And I think we're going to see a lot of dink and dunk from Jamar with uh, Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase this week. Pat, what do you make of this offense, both in terms of kind of where they stand from the larger picture, but also going up specifically against the Titans? Yeah, not back yet. And granted, as Debro pointed out earlier, the Rams' pass defense is better than we thought it was going to be. But um, Burrow didn't look like he was back against the Rams in week three. I mean, a 53% completion rate, 5.3 yards per attempt, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions, a passer rating of 59.8. Yeah, so, I mean, like the the Burrow to to Chase combination did click in, in week three, and that's encouraging. And uh, we have seen 
chase used on sort of shorter routes this year. Like his average depth of target is way down. Um, but yeah, I don't know if if Burrow can fully exploit kind of this suspect Titans secondary or not. Like I, I still don't think I have him in my top 10 this week. I think he's just outside of QB 11. I think that's that's very reasonable. Let's get to the late afternoon slate finally. Game number 11 here, Raiders at Chargers. My question is, who steps up in the Chargers passing attack in the absence of Mike Williams? Obviously, both Quentin Johnston and Josh Palmer were very popular waiver pickups this week. So is it one of those two guys or maybe neither or maybe both? Debra, what do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of Keenan Allen all day, all the time. But outside of that, I think that we're going to see Josh Palmer have a good game this week. And I'm not the biggest Josh Palmer stan. Uh, if you've read the primer, if you've ever watched Josh Palmer play football, you should know this as well. But Josh Palmer this week, I think he does have a good week. Um, against man coverage, the team has been going to him. We've seen a lot of man coverage from the Raiders secondary. Uh, Josh Palmer this season versus man coverage, 21% target share, 2.1 yards per route run. So I think that he is going to have a good game. But people need to be stashing Quentin Johnston, and they need to do it now because there is a, a an easy runway for him to become the wide receiver two in this passing attack. And if he has the talent and he can pay off on that draft pedigree, if all of that is real, he could be a massive, massive uh, waiver wire ad player that you're starting on a weekly basis. Um, And I think that he can be the wide receiver, too, in this offense. So stash him now. But I think Palmer is going to have a better week right now. Fitz, which of those two guys or again, maybe neither or maybe both are you looking at? Well, Keenan Allen mostly. I mean, I smashed the over on Keenan Allen's player prop of 81 and a half receiving yards. Like, I, I think he clears that easily in a, a good matchup. And um, I'm with D-Bro. Like, I'd rather play Palmer than Quentin Johnston this week. It will be interesting to see if Johnston, a first-round pick, a really talented dude, can overtake Palmer. But, man, and I, I know D-Bro said drops don't bother him. And generally, they don't bother me that much either. Like, I mean, you know, guys like DJ Moore sometimes have issues with drops. And there are other good receivers who we've seen have uh, occasional problems, Jamar Chase. But, man, like, it's been kind of chronic for Quentin Johnston. And, like, almost to the point where it is a little worrisome. It might be kind of a technique thing more than just a concentration thing. So um, that's kind of an issue. But I, I agree QJ is a good stash. Like, this dude is a baller. Um, if he can get the drop thing figured out, he is going to be a really, really good NFL receiver. Let's also hit one last player in the betting pros over under challenge. That's going to be Josh Jacobs, who has been off to an incredibly slow start this season. His over under is set at 11 fantasy points. How will he fare against the Chargers fits? Man, as good a matchup as this is, I'm going to go under that running game is just not working right now. I think that's fair. Debro. I'll take the over, but not by much. Um, that re- I'm really only taking the over because I think he gets in the end zone this week. Uh, I think the passing matchup is good enough to where he can get one short touchdown and push him to the over. Where are you guys ranking Jacobs this week? Because he's technically like top five in the staff rankings, but we don't sound very excited about him. Well, I've got him at RB7. I mean, he's right behind uh, Travis Etienne, Tony Pollard. Um, so I... I think you just have a muddled mess. Like once you get outside of like the top three to five running backs, you can make a case for a lot of guys in that back end RB one range. Yeah. Same here. RB seven. Let's go to Patriots at Cowboys. Now we're obviously not sitting CD lamb or Tony Pollard, but is there anybody else in this matchup that you're interested in starting in Pat? Just Ramondre. 
I mean, he is not losing his job to Ezekiel Elliott. I know that some people have hit me up with questions on Twitter, panicking, thinking Zeke is taking over the gig. Yes, Zeke had 16 carries last week, but Stevenson had 19 carries and outsnapped Zeke 47 to 27. Um, so, yeah, I would start Ramondre, but that's pretty much it. I mean, maybe Hunter Henry or Jake Ferguson if you're in tight end hell. But otherwise, uh, you know, it's Lamb, it's Pollard, it's Ramondre, and that's about it. Debra, Mondre, that's it. I don't want any part of this game. This game is going to be disgusting. I think the best point that I could sit here and make is to pile on top of what Pat said. Um, if you're worried about Ramondre Stevenson, don't be. Please do not be. Like Ezekiel Elliott is, is not going to take that job. I think Ramondre is a guy that we're going to see as he moves through the season. He's going to get better. He's going to play better. He's going to be the guy that you thought. Because here's the thing about Ezekiel Elliott. He just doesn't have any juice left, man. Like when I wrote him up for the primer, Ezekiel Elliott has the fourth lowest missed tackle forced rate per attempt and the 10th lowest yards after contact per attempt amongst 59 qualifying running backs. He just doesn't have it anymore. He's not taking that job from Andre. Yeah, that's pretty damning, uh, you know, statistical evidence against him for anybody who might have been excited about Zeke, which I know we all certainly we're not. Uh, let's go to the last game on the late afternoon slate. That's Cardinals at 49ers. The Cardinals sprung a massive upset a week ago. Uh, can they score enough against San Francisco to pull off another, Debra? Nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> this, is, this is a truly elite defense, and I know that people could say that about the Cowboys and stuff, and I'm not against, like, saying that the Cowboys, I'm not saying the Cowboys are bad or anything like that. San Francisco's defense has been shut down regardless of however you're trying to attack them. Secondary, good luck. Running, good luck. This line is the way that it is in the betting markets for a reason, and I think that San Francisco covers that line. So, eh, you can count me out. Like, if you got better options than James Conner, Marquise Brown, the only two guys that they are startable or at least somewhat possibly startable from the Cardinals, you need to be looking at different options, like matchup options, things like that this week. I don't want to have anything to do with either one of those guys. Yeah, Fitz, do you think that Arizona is going to be scoring any points in this game? Yeah, do you have any real questions about this game, Ryan? Otherwise, I think a simple no would suffice. Yeah, yeah I mean, not <laughs> really. I mean, we're, we're, we're obviously starting all the... I just wrote all all the... my prep for this. I just put nope in I mean, big yeah, capital it's, letters. It's not really a fantasy question, but yeah, like we're not we're starting all the 49ers. Like you're probably starting Connor for the volume and maybe Hollywood. And that's really it. Like there's not really much else yeah, to the you... game. I'll just add something about Connor. I've got him ranked running back 22, and I know the matchup is terrifying. And, um, like, he is going to get volume. You you figure he is going to get his 15 to 20 carries in this game, and that might mean 17 carries for 36 yards against this defense. And if he doesn't get into the end zone, you know, you don't really get your uh, your fantasy quota for the week out of James Connor. But you've got to follow the volume. You know, I'd I'd still rather start James Conner than most of the committee backs that you might consider starting over him. Well, if you thought that game was not very fun to talk about, let's move to another <laughs> blowout. Chiefs at the Jets. Now, the Jets at the very least do have a very strong defense. So is there any concern whatsoever for you guys for any Chiefs players in your lineup? Now, it's probably not going to be Mahomes or Kelsey, but is there any concern for any of these other Chiefs players in your lineup given the strength of the Jets defense fits? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not starting any of the Chiefs receivers against the Jets. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that matter, I'm not starting any of the Chiefs receivers in even better matchups than this, I think, if I can avoid it. Um, but yeah, you're not going to, like, you're not benching Mahomes. That would be too cute. Uh, you're certainly not benching Kelsey. Like, the Jets haven't even been that good against tight ends this year. Pacheco, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to start him. Um <laughs> Like not a, a super appealing play, but I think he's at least flex worthy. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not starting Jarek McKinnon. Just doesn't get enough touches to justify it. If he doesn't get into the end zone, you're going to be left with almost nothing. Debra, are you worried at all about KC? I'm not worried about KC. Like I think they're going to stomp the Jets, but I am worried about Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I'm going to be below consensus this week on him. The matchup versus the Jets is really bad for him. Uh, their run defense is allowing the fourth lowest explosive run rate, the 11th lowest yards per carry to gap runs, which Pacheco, 57% of his rushing volume has been on gap design runs. So Pacheco is definitely somebody I do not want to plug into a lineup. Um, I think we could see more Jerick McKinnon this week. Um, I, I'm not saying to rush out and play him because Pat is absolutely right. The snap volume is not there. You're basically just wishing and hoping that he gets touchdowns, which I, I get he got two of them last week. Wishing that for that on a weekly basis is a fool's errand. But this week, I think we could see the Chiefs say, you know what? We're not going to run the ball. We're going to run through the air and use a lot of screen passes with McKinnon. So I think he's interesting in deeper league formats where you're like, uh, it's Jerk McKinnon versus... Can I talk myself into Ezekiel Elliott in that instance? Give me McKinnon. But outside of that, like, I don't want anything to do with the Chiefs running game. I mentioned at the top of the show that we have the uh, Brees Hall poll up of whether or not he's a top 24 running back rest of season. And that is, you know, the voting is currently very close. But for this week, we're we're not starting him, right, Debra? No, we're not starting him. I And I, I don't have him as a top 24 running back for the rest of the season. I've got him right outside of that uh, RB... 25 or 26 it just this offense has been pretty sad with zach wilson at the helm Fitz, what do you think about hall i do have him inside the top 24 rest of the season this week i've got him running back 26 i mean i i think i understand the jets protection of Brees hall and trying not to do things with him too soon especially when it looks like this is not going to be their year as far as contending for a Super Bowl. So maybe they're not stopping the accelerator with him. And it's the smart thing to do and the, the good thing for his long-term future. But um, he is one of the three or four most talented backs in the league. And this uh, Jets offensive line is much better at run blocking than pass blocking. I think the Jets have like the second or third best run blocking grade, according to PFF. So like they can run block. Like that is... That is the best way for the Jets to try to move the ball. But I, I do understand that they're trying to, uh, you know, keep Brees' workload light for his own good. Now, I don't have uh, whatever this line would be in front of me, but I am sure you can bet out there somewhere a prop bet on number of times NBC shows Taylor Swift in this week because she's going to be at this game. It's a primetime <sighs> no. game with Kelsey. Take the over. I was going to say, what would the, the line over. have to be for you guys to not take the over on times that they show Taylor Swift? <laughs> 20. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting 12 and a half is probably where they'd set it. That's I was what I'm to guessing. Say 15, like somewhere between 12 and 15 feels like a good number. And I'd still be hitting the over. Like it, it's got to be in the twenties for me to not hit the over on it. And uh, I, I'll say this. We're going to talk about hot takes. 
Give me the Jason Kelsey DeAndre Swift combination uh, over Travis the, and the better Taylor. Kelsey Swift. Yeah, is, that's is the way going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, that number would have to be multiple dozens for me to not take the over on what I'm expecting here in a primetime game. And also, that was I saw a funny tweet that was saying. You know the Bears are bad because they cut away from a game that Taylor Swift was at when they were getting blown out last week. And obviously can't cut away this time, so we're going to be seeing a lot of Taylor. Uh, Monday Night Football, Seahawks at Giants. My key question here is, if you need the spot on your bench, are you willing to drop Jackson Smith and Jigba? Or are you still stashing him in hopes of that second half breakout we often see with rookie wide receivers? Pat, I'll start with you. I get it. You might not have any choice if you do have shallow benches. I mean, I, I would try like crazy. If at all, you can hold on to them. And I know that's going to be hard with the bye weeks kicking in in week five. But look, this is a really talented dude. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba had 95 receptions and 1,600 yards at Ohio State as a 19-year-old sophomore sharing a field with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. So um, this guy is talented. But his average depth of target so far is 2.7 yards. Like, that's a problem. The usage is a problem. They're just trying to get him the ball on short little completions and see if he can do anything after the catch. But it's not fantasy-friendly usage because you need ample target volume to make that work, and he's just not getting it. 14 targets in three games. But, man, if either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett were to go down, uh, JSN would become a much more valuable asset. So drop him if you must. But if you don't have to, hang on. D-Bro, JSN, what are you doing? Holding, 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 holding. Um, I agree firmly with everything Pat said. Um, and I keep writing it up in the Primer Weekly. Like, you cannot start him right now. His dot is as close to nothing as you can get. But I put this out on Twitter earlier today. I really think a lot of this has to do with the wrist fracture. I think that they're trying to protect him, although they need him out there. These low A dot targets, he's not even a full-time player right now. I think the healthier he gets and the farther he gets away from that wrist fracture, we're going to see Seattle's offense, one, play better. I think that JSN is the skeleton key to opening up a lot of the things that they want to do as a passing offense. And I think we're going to see that as we move through the season. So... I, I'm not telling anybody to start him. Do not start him because there is no reason to play him right now. But I implore you, do not drop him. Please do not drop him. That will do it for us this week, week four. Hopefully it's a good one. Some some stinker matchups in there, but some really fun ones too. And hopefully we get some surprise, exciting games like Debro has predicted. For Debro and Pat, I am Ryan Warmly. We'll see everybody again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.